sometimes say the, the names that we, we define things are really confusing. The names we get from books and the suttas are just confusing when it comes to practicing. And uh, it's best when, it, when you come to practicing, just forget about all the words and just, um, just, just do your meditation. And uh, so you concentrate on your meditation object, uh, the body and the the mind, the jitter, might become light and, and feel really bright and feel peaceful and then you can start using that for contemplation of, um, of the Dhamma, of uh, the, the five aggregates and so on and uh, contemplation doesn't mean thinking about it or um, you know, using thoughts and you know, getting into more thoughts formations but using sati, using mindfulness just to, to watch and, um, and just to investigate um, what's happening in the mind and in the body and that can lead to insight but um, or one can continue with the, the concentration and try to get to a more a deeper level of concentration without defining, you know, if it's up in our samadhi or, or whatever. But there might be a stage where one gets to such a deep level of concentration that the mind just stop thinking. No thoughts come to the mind and the mind seems to become one. And it's just really, really peaceful. And at that stage, um, one would call that in the book up in our samadhi, but we just forget about that. Um, there will be no thinking, there will just be the knowing, just, just the knowing, and then at that stage you can't investigate anything. So you rest peacefully in that stage for, for quite a long while, so you just experience, you just know bliss and, and, and peace inside. And, and after you drop back from that, um, that uh, level of concentration there, after a while, the, the concentration will drop, drop down to a, a less, uh, a more shallow uh, level, and then you can use um, sati to to investigate again. But it's a big difference from the former one because having reached that uh, oneness, once it drops back, uh, once you start contemplating, uh, the insight will be much clearer, and uh, because it's got a lot more power in terms of concentration, so one will be able to, to investigate in more vigorous and, and, and inside it will rise much easier. So um, so that's, that's how we, we try to do things and when uh, Bucha say yes, it doesn't define anything, it's just to flee to confusion and, and it's just, just not much point and uh, it's best is to uh, try to get as much peace as you can and uh, just contemplate and uh, yeah.
and Timothy just explain the difference between koan and, uh, and samadhi. Um, so once you start um, concentrating on your uh, meditative object, like the breath for example, um, if you've got a lot of mindfulness, um, usually then once uh, you become calm and um, the, the concentration is good, then the mind will just become bright and that's, uh, that's when concentration has come together. But sometimes one hasn't got much mindfulness and uh, he's watching the breath and, uh, and the, the, the mind might uh, get into the polang state which means um, instead of going bright you just don't know anything like sleeping and you just uh, fall into a, uh, a state which is like a sleeping state and one might, might um, fall into that state for about an hour and that's called polanka and once you, you, you get up in that state um, one will feel refreshed like one has slept for a long time that state, uh, that state is called polanka but once um, a meditator starts developing more mindfulness, more sati, he'll be able to control and make sure he doesn't drop into that sleeping state of kolanka because one can't contemplate dharma in that stage. One needs to, to have enough mindfulness uh, with the concentration to, to be able to control that, that concentration so that it becomes bright and less knowing when, it, when, when the mind comes together how one can use that to contemplate Dhamma. So yeah, Pawan Pawanka is like a, a sleeping state once you, you concentrate on your, on your object. So it's like a deep sleep with no meaning, it's completely resting. Like just like in Samadhi, but there's no mind that makes that difference. So, is that a state of mind that we should develop or we should avoid? No, we should avoid. No, because, because there's no sati, no mind. Okay. I, I, I could have realized that I have Dhamma, and then I couldn't have Dhamma, then even if the one can become a Arahant, actually become a Arahant, try to understand and bring the two concepts together sometimes just get really confusing and you just go into your memory and into more sanya and just confuse you even more so the best thing is to, to, to just practice if you really want to understand the difference between poang and deep samadhi is to practice, you know, the sila develop your concentration and develop insight and uh, normally Gompucha wouldn't really say much about these uh, deep downwards and deep states and these states of mind. He would just say 
um, work, work with your meditation and your insight. And um, once the practice has become much better, and uh, you want you understand what uh, these words in the Abhidhamma means really means in terms of inner experiences. And um, once you get uh, you know, to the Sotapanna, to, to the Ariyatukon, to uh, once you've seen Nirvana, you understand. Once you, you've seen Nirvana, you understand what what these mean. And um, it's uh, very complex. And uh, there are states where one could be inside awakening. There's a knowing, but the outside. Uh, Sleeping, uh, yeah, I wouldn't understand what that means, but uh, and um, one could get really deep concentrations, and, and it could be various things happening, and which is out of um, understanding for, for normal people. So, just uh, just go with the, with the practice. And when uh, never told me he was a what Monk. He was a forest monk, and he didn't study Abhidharma or anything like that. And, uh, so he just say from his experiences without really referring to the words in Abhidharma. So sometimes, if one tries to link the two together, it just gets confusing. So try to avoid that. Uh, regarding what just what you just mentioned, like. Between seeing and being Nibbana. 
So once one practice to the episode of one has seen um, one has seen Nibbāk, one has seen Dhamma so one knows the way um, to, to end all the defilements so one has experienced <laughs> has, seen, has seen it but one, one is not Nibbāna um, so one practice further and get higher up to the Sikitākāmi, Yanākāmi once one has reached the end then one is, one is Nibbāna and uh, he's just comparing that to, to what Mahjan, for example um, you, you started walking away and, and got the map out tried to get to what Mahjan. at first you're just starting out you wouldn't know where my, what, what Mahjan looks like or what the building is in what Mahjan looks like but once you've come to what Mahjan and have seen it and been around what Mahjan and uh, uh, one has seen what Mahjan but one is not yet staying in what Mahjan so one goes back and practice further until one is then staying with Mahjan and that's the end of, of the defilements so all it is is um, just a further level of cleaning the defilements in the heart and uh, once one is seeing the way and what Nibbana looks like then one tries further practice further to, to be Nibbana disciple you have to, to, to listen to the uh, to have heard the teachings of the Buddha and with the practice one can then have the, the cleansing of the defilements and become pure in the heart and that pureness of the heart that pureness of the, the mind is called uh, Buddha nature or one can if one has more paramita more more um, more spiritual accumulations spiritual accumulations one can maybe developed the, um, the the main disciples of the Buddha like uh, Sariputta and Ananda and even higher if one has got more spiritual accumulations over the over many lives one can become a Pacheka Tao a Buddha who has found out the way to Nibbana himself to the cleansing of the heart but who is then able to teach anyone to, to, to reach the same level and even higher one can become the Buddha who can teach um, 
many disciples to, to go to Nibbana. So all it is is all about getting the, the, the pure, the pure chitta, the pure heart, the pure mind to get rid of all defilements, all attachment, all sense of I to, to reach that emptiness, to see that emptiness and um, yeah, so you you could say that uh, the Buddha nature and Nibbana and, um, and different terms can, can mean the same thing but uh, and maybe Mahayana, they, they, it is a matter of terms, and, but it's all about having your pure mind, pure heart. Even if I belong to Mahayana, many scholars are just saying that Mahayana has two choices of life. Like, the cake is not real, the Buddha's teaching. But my own Buddhism has a lot of good teachings in it, but still I'm not just determined in my own Buddhism because so many just scholars are just criticizing it, just saying that my own Buddhism is like Bodhisattva doesn't exist at all. And the the, that many Buddhas cannot exist in the, in the universe like, like hundreds of thousands of Buddhas exist in the universe but as far as I know in Theravada tradition there exist only the seven past Buddhas or 28 Buddhas in, in, according to Theravada Buddhism but in Mahayana Buddhism there are lots of lots of Buddhas in the universe and lots of so the bodhisattvas and uh, likewise there are many other buddhas in the universe and like the Mahayana Buddhism so I just want to get convinced about it and I just can't find it the different characteristics and and details about the, the different various Buddhas and Bodhisattva as he experienced it. Um, you think in the, in the Theravada tradition, there, there are, there, there's a sutta about how in, in the big universe or universes, as as we might call it, uh, there are many different Buddhas at, at the same time. And uh, there was one one time when Pramaha Mukalana. Um, the left side disciple of the Buddha, who was had many uh, magical magical powers, and he, he went traveling out in, in in different universes, and he saw bright light of the Buddha, and he thought, yeah, that's that's uh, the Shakyamuni Buddha. So he went towards that bright light, and it wasn't Shakyamuni Buddha; it was a, a different Buddha in a different universe different longer path and so he got lost in, in, in the realm of the, the big universes and, and it's only when the, the Buddha that he got lost with sent out the, the aura of the Buddha for Shakyamuni Buddha and the Shakyamuni Buddha sent out the aura to receive 
that Pramukalana eventually got back to our lineage. So, so there's a sutta saying, saying about that, and, uh, and that can confirm how uh, in Haryana, talking about different Buddhas existing at the same time, is, is uh, possible. I'd say it's not a sutta that the Theravadins know much about. And he's just saying that um, with this uh, reference to the Sutta, from his experience, there must be a lot, a lot of bodhisattvas out there in various realms and universes. One, for example, is uh, Avalokitesa, or in another form called Kuan Yin. And there are many, many different forms of bodhisattva existing. And, um, there are many, many of them that the Theravadas don't, don't really know about because they might not exist in our Sutta. For example, uh, Manjushri and uh, Samantabhadra. Um, yeah, they, 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 they exist and uh, they're building parameters to become, to become the Buddha. But it is also explaining the difference of the term Bodhisattva in Mahayana and Theravada. How in Mahayana they, they explain in the Sutta, in Mahayana Sutta, that um, a Bodhisattva is able to reach Nibbana but restrained from going into Nibbana in order to help countless beings. And that's from, uh, that's from the Sutta. And uh, no one can confirm that whether it's right or not. Uh, and um, that's just in the Sutta, and no one can say, you know. It's, that's, that's right. It's from the Kubarajans' experiences, different Kubarajans. And um, they, they can confirm that there, there are many bodhisattvas that exist. Kuan Yin, for example, do, do exist. But he can't say whether the meaning of bodhisattva is the Mahayana meaning or Theravada meaning. But they just know that there are bodhisattvas out there accumulating spiritual merits and accumulations over many lives to become to become Buddha, to help beings uh, clean their defilements in their hearts. And then actually he spoke to one of the Pikmi uh, about this um, Mahayana aspect and, and she was saying about how um, one, one may do um, uh, meditation or chanting on on the chance about Avalokitesi and Okuan Yin's and that can be a uh, meditation emptiness so uh, the Bodhisattva Okuan Yin could also be uh, a name or um, it all leads to emptiness all, all leads to Nibbana all leads to the cleansing of the heart and then uh, is that clear? Yeah, about that, it's a good answer. One thing I'm still curious about is that the Bodhisattva is actually in, in, in Mahayana tradition, in the Mahayana Buddhism, it doesn't say that Bodhisattva is not the magic one. In some parts, we can say that the Bodhisattva is in fact related to Arahant. Then, this is just what I want to know because how can 
but he said no 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 I want to to keep on building uh, more parameter to become the future Buddha to to help all beings and and so the word Arahant um, in Theravada we mean someone who has um, finished all the Kilesa but um, in Mahayana, in Mahayana they, were, they, they refer to, to Arahant as someone with um, a certain level of spiritual attainment, uh, spiritual accumulations that, uh, that can end defilements so one can be a Bodhisattva and have this level of spiritual accumulations that is enough to end um, the defilements in one's heart but one doesn't want to end the defilements just yet but one wants to build more accumulations, more merits in order to become a fully enlightened Buddha in the future in order to help more more paramita, to help beings and more more powers, more more banya, more intelligence to be able to teach, uh, teach beings um, Yeah, so uh, can I that clear, Yeah, okay. Just uh, one thing. In the main, one of the main Mahayana Sutras, there is a scene that Buddha uh, prophesized that uh, like his main ten disciples, like Mahakasapa and Sai Buddha, they are going to be a couple of Buddha, you know, years and years later in the future. Then how can I accept this very important Mahayana Sutra? Then it is saying that even Araha can become Buddha in the future. Yeah, Buddha is prophesizing it in the Sutra, in the main Sutra. So it's a very big contradiction between the Mahayana Buddhism and So I I don't know how to solve the problem as a Mahayama. Prasan starts off explaining that uh, in, in Theravada there are clear evidences about the existence of um, the, the main disciples of the Buddha, like Sariput, uh, Pamahagasapa, Pa'anon, Ananda, and um, and that's uh, how they, they live their lives in, in, in the preceding lives leading up to, to their last life and how they they attain their final nibbana by for example Prasari would um, he, he went to the Buddha and said he's going to pass away in seven days and even back to Nalanda and so on and uh, these are clear evidences from the Tipitaka Theravada Tipitaka which um, but um, assessed and passed down through uh, many various um, monks meetings um, in India, Sri Lanka and so on and uh, this kind of Nibbana, this kind of uh, final Nibbana there's no more uh, no more birth, no more no more death it's the end of the reigns of, of births and death so in that sense, from the Theravada point of view it's not possible for these main disciples to become born again as um, to acu- accumulate more merits to become uh, a Buddha in the future but uh, from uh, in Mahayana they might put it in a way that 
even though these beings have attained uh, arahantship, they have become the disciples of the Buddha. Uh, it is possible to accumulate more merits and be born again to become a fully enlightened Buddha in the future. But it is possible that um, the, the masters in Mahayana, they, they have the sutta in this way in order to encourage practitioners, monks, lay people alike to, to aim for Buddhahood and to accumulate and make merits and spiritual accumulations to become the Buddha. And, um, And uh, yeah, uh, because uh, in Hayana this is stressed the importance of becoming a fully enlightened player. So it could be that way. around that problem is to, to keep on practicing and, uh, just, and uh, just use your experiences to, 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 to keep moving forward instead of thinking and doubting about which is the right uh, path and the right dharma. Just start from basic uh, precepts and Concentration that uh, are on the basics, and, and one can start going forward up, upwards in that direction. And then uh, once the uh, defilements are, are gone or have been cleansed or are a lot less, uh, one will understand itself that it's like this, and this is how it is, and this is how, how things turns out. And uh, one can then be sure and have no more doubts in one's heart what uh, the Buddha was trying to teach. And um, there might be deep aspects about uh, bodhisattvas and, and, uh, and uh, many things about bodhisattvas, about the, the level of boundaries. That might be stuff that uh, is not put in the sutta because it's, it's a very deep and very... Um, very um, but it doesn't, it doesn't... It's not direct to the end of suffering. 
the end of suffering is it's all said in the in the Tipitaka how how one should end suffering by having insights and concentration. So it's just uh, keep practicing. Um, and then just explain about uh man how Um, and it's also another common question that is uh, quite often asked is that the difference between uh, um, the knowing of uh, what we what we understand as vijnana and the knowing of what the forest tradition calls the, the, the pure mind because in the text nama, jitta and vijnana are supposed to be synonymous so what the question that I ask is how how is the knowing of vijnana different from the knowing of the pure knowing the, the mind that is the purified mind um, and uh, so the answer um, in a nutshell meaning that uh, the receiving of information on the through the different sense bases is called vijnana. So seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, uh, and knowing the mind. It's, so the, the receiving of information, the knowing on that level, is, is called vijnana. Um, but it still is the, the knowing of the mind that believes that that there is a sense of self bound up with that kind of knowing, and the the, the purified knowing that is a knowing which knows uh, that uh, the receiving of information all of that is, is not self is not it's not me not mine not itself and so that the purified knowing is the, is the, is the knowing that um, is, is beyond the uh, attachment or the, uh, the making of the creating of a self around the receiving of information so that's basically how I understand it. So I'll put this going on. The question, the question was, um, uh, we, we have we have the mind. What do we use to 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 watch the mind, to to see the mind? Can can the mind see itself, basically? So, so uh, the question was, uh, how, how does the mind see, see the mind itself? And Thanos uh, was explaining about how, um, at the first, the mind is still impure, it's got a lot of defilements. Just like a city that uh, has got crimes, many crimes. So one has got to build, uh, uh, make lots of sati, lots of mindfulness. We should act as cops to, to, to deal with these um, crimes, these defilements. So basically, we have <laughs> one has to build um, practice mindfulness, um, which is an aspect of the, the mind itself, to um, to watch the, the mind. Um, and, um, so we have to build a way to, to end defilements, um, but we can't be attached to that. I am building the way. I am cleaning the defilements because you end up being attached to that mindfulness. 
when you attach that mindfulness or I've got a lot of mindfulness then you will suffer when mindfulness drops down because it does, it fluctuates and then you, you, be, uh, you suffer as a good person or as a good practitioner so there's no such thing as a uh, there's such thing as a good practitioner but if you attach to that then you suffer and the question was um, relating to the last question to the previous question um, who's the one that walks away who's the one that helps sati and uh, the, the answer was uh, the mind, the, the jitta itself is the one that walks away and not me or, or, or I but uh, the, the defiled jitta is the one that cleans itself and finds a way, the way out of defilements and um, so, so uh, a defiled chitta will uh, will suffer, and it will itself want to find a way out. And one does that by studying the scriptures um, and the teachings of the Buddha and Kubajans, and then one starts practicing by having sila, having precepts, keeping precepts, um, building mindfulness, keeping that mindfulness, develop concentration, and insight will then arise that uh, that release the jitta from all these defilements that that, uh, that were covering it one would then see dhamma and, and and the jitta will will be bright and will not attach to the fact that the jitta itself is now um, has now finished away just but attached to the fact that it has finished away. Um, the first question was about um, Nampana. And um, when it comes to Nampana's time, just, just 10 minutes before, there can be a mental battle in, in, in the mind about, uh, for example, oh, I don't feel too tired, maybe I shouldn't have anything. And then another thought will follow saying, oh, until you're a little tired and you can do with a cup of hot chocolate or something and just keep going. And that's, that's how one, one's practice, the, the mind is battling because one has sati and can try to battle that defilement. Uh, so the question was, uh, what should I do? Should I drink or not drink? And the Ajahn said, if you drink, then, then you, you already lost and uh, the battle is won. And, is won by, by, by the kilesa and, and that's not called sati that's, that's a very weak kind of knowing knowing that oh, you follow your, your desire but if you have full sati then you will notice the, the defilements the, the craving and you will go against it always and we were saying at the time of Lumpocha um, this is how he trained his mom that whatever one liked that was already defilements, that was already craving. And so when when Tanajan was practicing under Lumpacha, he had to go against all his likings, everything, food, uh, lodging and everything. And he was saying that at, at first uh, the practice was, was quite uh, tough and quite stressful because one had to be against one's comfort all the time. That was the main that was the main the uh, highlights and just going against one's desire and everything and uh, going up to the to the food line even knowing slightly that one likes this 
piece of chicken and mine cannot have it. And then by doing it this way, it will help the pavana when you when you when you'll be able to meditate much better. Um, so all the monks that are training here should try to. Um, uh, at the meal, just uh, try to take the, the stuff you don't like or as much as possible, and just before the meal, just meditate. And, uh, and if, if one likes something, then the mind will be thinking about that food a lot. So that's not good enough. So I should be able to try to pick the food at the bintabat at, at the, um, the food line, so that one when one meditates just before before the meal. The mind is peaceful and not thinking about food at all. That's the best. That's the, that's the that's, that's how that's how it should be. And um, the second question was about when one bombard uh, or just eating the food that one gets on bintabat on on arms arms round. And one of the monks found out that uh, he ends up having too much food on arms round, and he has to take out the excess food and he ends up taking out the food he doesn't like anyway. So he was just saying what else should he do? And uh Panajan was saying um, what what he should how he should solve the problem is just take out the food he likes and uh, or to start slowly by taking out seventy five percent of the food he likes and keeping twenty five percent of the food he likes. And uh, and try to go against that desire more and more. Right? You know, one could try mixing up food, uh, you know, the sweets and the and the curry or, and the rice all together, uh, or even harder, just try with milk and, and yogurt and everything, and, uh, and eat everything in, in one one um, in your bowl and not having any excess uh, bags of food or things on your on your lid. Um, he was saying, he was telling us a story about Mpocha, how Mpocha was uh, giving a talk on, on, on food to his monks uh, that, that were training in Mpapong. And, and the next day there was a Mpocha Oventin, which was very rare in Rashatani. And it, it seemed like Mpocha was testing out his monks whether they're going to pick the, the Oventin, which was really nice. But then one had to put it in the bowl anyway, so it didn't make much difference. And uh, he was saying how Rapport came from the middle plane from the town of Ayutthaya, and having the sticky rice with Oventin wasn't too bad because it, it smoothed everything and made everything easier to, to, to swallow. But for Isan people, it was a bit mean, really, having sticky rice with Oventin. But uh, one one got to be patient and try slowly and not, not be too harsh on oneself. For example, mixing milk with numpik could be very disgusting for for the first timer. So start out slowly and, and go against your desire gradually until it becomes uh, a norm and one feels peaceful when one meditates. And also the, the quantity is also important. Um, you know, if uh, one is eating just a food that one collects on arms round and it ends up being so much more than the, the people on um, who are just eating normally from the, uh, from the food shared among the community 
then that's not good enough when I'm finding a bad should be uh, not, not too much in terms of quantity as well. Um, the question was about um, when uh, one of the monks, he, when he walks jungle, uh, a memory of the past pops up that, uh, that he, he had killed uh, a rat before and it keeps coming up and makes him sad as well. And uh, he's just asking Tanajan what, what he should do to cure that. And, uh, Tanajan starts up explaining how when one meditates, it's very common, especially for beginners, that past, uh, past memories crops up all the time. And if we um, attach to that past and attach to ourselves, there will be uh, I in the past, I now, I have done something. And, and without, and very quickly, the mind just becomes sad, end up in a sad state, and it could be quite dangerous. And um, so, in order to deal with that, the, so we, we have to use um, the memory of the, the teaching that we learn. That uh, memory itself is uh, is impermanent. It, it arises, it stays, and it ceases. And knowing that this thought that I killed a mouse just comes and goes and one will go to let go quickly and carry on with the meditation until the next memory crops up again so it keeps doing the same thing but if it doesn't help then one can say to oneself that I learned from Kubajan that I doesn't exist nothing killed a mouse it was this this body and this mind this jitter that killed a mouse and if that doesn't help, then one can just say, oh, this is karma, I committed some karma, but uh, this is very normal, like everybody has karma and has killed something in the past before. No one is so perfect that, uh, you know, that hasn't killed anything. And just let go back quickly. Don't let, the, don't let the heart, don't let the mind become sad and, and feel that, you know, feel that lack of passion to keep on meditating. So have, have full sati at all time and have sharp sati. And uh, um, spread out the metta for the, for the animals as well. Just 